Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. That time of uh, time of the week, we're gonna get some Malifo in. Got myself Pete here. Uh, we have Dixon from uh, I don't know on his island uh, drinking his uh, I don't know rum and cokes. I don't know, Dixon. What's your beverage of choice down there? Oh, piña coladas. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah. And then we, we also got uh, went somewhere else. We got Scott with us to uh, share some Neverborn nonsense. What's going on there, Scott? Nothing much. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Just uh, trying to give uh, my point of view from a Northwest Ohio, Midwest uh, USA perspective. Yeah, and there's definitely a lot of interesting things. We're going to talk about Dreamers, specifically focusing more on the Dreamer 2 aspect of it. And I know there's a lot of people that like this version of Dreamer for a lot of different reasons. So I'm definitely excited to see uh, what all his drawing and putting away cards and bearing shenanigans have to do. So we'll get into all that. We'll talk about the, that keyword specifically, the title as well. And uh, yeah, see what we think about them. But before we get into that, make sure that you guys are checking us out. Uh, got the uh, Actually, by the time this one comes out, because I got a few in the can, we might actually be over the 500 subs for the YouTube channel because it's pretty dang close to give away a box. Uh, if it's not, make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, if it is, hey, we're going to give away another one at 1,000, so you can start trying to get subs there. Uh, check us out on Twitter, and you can also look at us on Instagram. And finally, if you want to support us on Patreon.com slash RageGoatWire, you can do that as well for as little as a dollar. We do have a goal up on there. We get to 50 patrons. We're going to start putting out a weekly YouTube video. So that's something that's kind of our next goal for that podcast. So getting into talking about Dreamer, though, uh, Dreamer is a, I think Dreamer is probably, I'd say, the keyword that brings in random people into Malifaux the most, because I think people look at his keyword, the models, the idea of it, and I, the, this is the keyword where I've heard people just randomly say, I just had to play the game because of this crew. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he definitely has some iconic models in his crew. Uh, just him himself being the boy with Lord Chompy Bits, but uh, Teddy, probably one of the more iconic models in the game, yeah. uh, especially with the different versions of the model. Uh, it just it very much draws people in. Yeah, just the model. I mean, if you love monsters, if you love these like nightmare kind of, you know, gonna eat your face off type of type of world, you know, very just creepy and cool looking models. And then there's this random boy dreaming it all. That's just a keyword for you. Yeah. And it's always been disturbing. Like, I remember the first time I saw it <clears throat> back in the day in, in V1, they just put the dreamer out on the table and nothing else. And it was funny because I actually played Neverborn for a little bit, uh, probably about a year and a half ago now. 
and I was playing, uh, did I drop Dreamer? I think I did. And I, I put the Vandersnatch out because I was going to use it for that game with the Widow Weaver. And apparently my opponent was actually like terrified of spiders <gasps> to the point where he was like, so I don't know how you want to do this, but I'm actually like crippling terrified of spiders. So if you could proxy that model, please do. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, Yo. I was like, I was like, I got you. I got you. You know, I've I've actually seen that too in other games. It's pretty fucking sad. Like Lord sure. of the Rings. I saw that in a tournament of Lord of the Rings. Uh, it was, yeah, it was just weird. The same thing with like uh, Bloodborne. I don't know why. Yeah, I felt bad this that somebody was that scared of spiders, but I was yeah. like, well, I mean, I am playing the Nightmare Crew, so I guess it fits. So he was not okay with the Bandersnatch, but the Widow Weaver was okay. Spiders with uh, umbrellas and dresses are okay. Uh, I think I just started <laughs> playing that crew, so it wasn't painted very, like, predominantly. So I think they were just like, oh, yeah, that kind of looks like a girl, so I'm okay there. Also, I can tell you right now, like, I have a crippling fear of, like, centipedes. Sure. And it's the legs. It's, like, something about the bottom of them. It just creeps me the hell out. So if I see something similar, like the bottom of, like, a lobster, I, I get this, like, unsettling feeling you know what i mean well, so there might be does, man. yeah there might be like a level where like the bandersnatch will freak you the fuck out but you look at you know <laughs> the widow weaver you're like eh. <laughs> i mean it is a creepy model because it's like coming over like the top of somebody facing the other way so yes. it is pretty terrifying yes and like most of the people that i've learned that i've known that have that fear their biggest fear is like if they're asleep or not paying attention and then they get attacked by a spider so yeah yes Yep, I definitely understand that. And this keyword's definitely interesting because the original is more of a summoning master. So the Dreamer, the first version, is just, he used to be just probably the best master in the Neverborn faction. Maybe maybe Zoraida was a little bit of a challenge there as far as that. Uh, but Dixon, what is what did the original like? What were some of the things that you did with the original that were really good, powerful things? Uh, well, mostly was like the removal of cards because it happened multiple times where like my opponents would be upset because we would get to like turn four and all of a sudden my deck would just be like moderates and severes only. Yeah, and how did they fix that? Because that's actually one of the things that got changed recently. So, and I want to point out. Scott is going to have a blast just like setting up. This is how Dreamer 2 fixes that. But like Dreamer yeah. 1 has to discard two cards that he removed from the game every turn at the end of the turn. Put it back so, in the deck. Yeah. So they go back. Exactly. They go back in the deck, which is a huge problem because now, you know, you, you don't actually get any card mechanic per se. So you have to discard. You have to remove from the game more than three cards to basically come out on top every yeah. turn and sometimes it's just not possible yeah and then sometimes your actions you're trying to do other things so and maybe you're trying to use them if you summon like a stitched or something right so it, it you're right it does make it a lot more challenging because yep. now they're just you have to put two back in yep now if if you give the same ability that the stitch togethers have on one or more one or two more models not too many uh, then I, I can see Dreamer 1 still being very good because you can mm -hmm. use the, the severes that you pull out with like the weaker models. And then yeah. when you activate the strong models, you have at least one 13 or one, you know, face card to do so. 
Yeah, and Dreamer won. I think that is the biggest thing that that was what was so powerful with him. He still does summon, so you're still getting those summons, but summoners also got a little nerfed a year and a half or so ago. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, you can't do the strat. I mean, yep. with the summon model, so that sucks. So that hurt him as well. Uh, I would say the thing that's probably still strongest with Dreamer, honestly, is probably Twist Reality is pretty good. Uh, yep. Just ignoring armor and incorporal is just really, really strong. Yep. And the fact it's, that he can choose defense or willpower. That is game winning. That that ability is super powerful. Yeah, sometimes it just straight up wins by itself. And I forgot the other day that Serena has that gun. Yep. And, and she has she hole shot, in the world. Which yeah, is and she shot the hell out of uh out of Eric. I was like, oh well, Eric just took six damage. I can't do anything about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. With that hole in the world trigger, here's you know two or three damage that ignores your armor, and then I'm going to move you, you know, six yep. inches plus your base size back is yep. going to be a real game changer. I mean, and Dreamer also can put staggered out with his, so I yep. mean that's that's good. Actually, some of the best conversations that I've had were like really really strong play because i i personally until like maybe a, a month ago i never cared about hole in the world if it came up i would use it and yeah it was good but i just didn't think it that much yeah talking to a bunch of the guys now that i'm just like being a, a practicing dummy basically to a whole bunch of the guys on the vassal mm -hmm. uh they tell me hole in the world wins games like they tell me certain card maneuvers like kenshiro um the even the stitch together is just being able to gamble away one of the cards removed just well, little things like that yeah, are and the big thing with that hole in the world is i was playing von Schill, and he was really he was actually playing titania with serena and i basically i did i got your back to get eric out of there because i needed to bring him back and heal him basically and serena just took a focus shot got the hole in the wall trigger did a bunch of damage and put me right in the middle of the mix again where then uh yeah tits two just beat the crap out of yep. me super gross it's super yeah. gross and she's a versatile so you're gonna see her pretty much every crew she's still, serena's still good she got nerfed yeah. but she's still good yeah she's not she again i still think that she's a seven point model stuck with an eight point body but <laughs> it's it's fine we can make yeah. it work yeah, you see that uh, 12 or 13 atomes show up in your hand anywhere and you're thinking a hole in the world with serena yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, then she becomes like a ten point model at that point. <laughs> it's like, oh, I have it's a... like that's just really good. That's that's just rude. Yeah. Another nice yeah. thing I like to do is throw the models into uh, Chompy Bits' uh, two inch range, and then let him uh, finish off anything that Serena throws him. That is so glorious. Yeah, and that's something else that uh, that the original Dreamer does really well. Uh, he can put out adversary, which is always good. But then you can also get the trigger on that to place Lord Chompy Bits and base to base with him. So it can get pretty nasty pretty quick still with Dreamer, even though he, he did get, you know, quite a bit nerfed. But still, I think, Dixon, you put it the best. He's still good, yep. but it just seems a little clunky. Yes, that's that seems to be my issue. Like when I played him after the nerves, I just kept getting upset because the... the... It's like just... It's almost like it's just an activation or an action off. It's kind of weird. Yeah, because it, it okay. So the way that I saw it was either I a remove all of the cards forever, like I just like go in overdrive and just sure. try to remove like you know eight plus cards or more. Like just bring a crap ton of daydreams. <laughs> exactly. So or I don't do any of that. 
because it was just getting to the point that I was frustrating after like turn three instead of sure. just being like an additional bonus for the crew. It was just like, well, I'm not really advancing anymore. Like turn one, I discarded, uh, I removed eight, and then after that, I removed maybe six. But the eight turns into six, and then the six turns into four, and you know what I mean? Like it, it was yeah. just like not working out towards the end. And I think this is kind of how I felt about Hamlin a little bit. Is it you have to look at okay? I'm putting X amount of actions into this thing. Is it worth the squeeze? Right? Like so, is the end result worth the six yep. to eight actions i'm doing right is the juice worth the squeeze yep and i think that's a perfect way to look at dreamer uh, and i actually think it's interesting that you could make a dreamer one list that was probably okay and just focus on the summoning and just focus on your just killing and scheming now dreamer two i'm very excited to listen more about and I hope Scott helps me with my problem. My issue with him was I kept getting him killed because I would insop me out literally in the middle of the enemy crew. <laughs> and I was just not good at that. <laughs> well, and I did a lot of that too, um, yeah. starting out. So I, I, I feel you there. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, let's kind of, I think we will pivot because I honestly, I think at this point, a lot of people know what Dreamer does. And if you don't, you can talk to people. His big shtick is, I'm going to summon a lot of pretty decent minions. I'm going to throw Lord Chompy bits up to kill you. Yep. And that's kind of the shtick, right? Yep. Yep. And, Where, and TLDR, he's been uh, nerfed like three, four times. So he was like amazing. And they had to like tone him down. Yeah. Yeah. So, and definitely something cool. I mean, and I'd say if you're looking at a good model to summon, if you're really trying to get good with the crew, uh, the Insidious Madness is one of the best summons you can do with him. Yeah, just in general. One of the nice things about the <clears throat> original Dreamers, just all his summons have a place uh, for for them to be summoned. If you need the Insidious, which is one of the best uh, models in his crew, but maybe one of the best seven stole stone models. You got the Alps you can just throw in there to uh, absorb AP. Uh, all of his uh, daydreams are always good. Um, especially if you uh, just need something to uh, push your models around, more than lucid dreaming. He's just he's just got a really good selection of models he can summon in the game. Yeah, and his summons are always interesting because you can choose for them to they they come in buried, and I think with stunned is that right? Buried and stunned. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're buried and, so, and stunned, but they still have two actions. Yeah, and they come in, though, when something fails, an enemy fails a willpower check. Yep. And with all the terrifying, most of your actions, you're going against willpower. It's going to happen eventually. Oh, my God. And sometimes it's, like, in the weirdest place, too. It is. Because you can, like, for example, this uh, just happened to me recently. I was playing Sarita in Bayou. Because she is announced. <laughs> anyway, I was playing Sarita and I went ahead and obeyed one of my friendly models. And there was a um, the, the the seven point model, and he literally was like, "All right, you fail the willpower, plop." And I just didn't think about that. I was like, "Oh crap!" Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah not seen it. that before. Yeah, because it's that's it a, counts. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I I did the willpower check, but it failed. <laughs> And then you had some kind of minion in your face. Yep, yep. Doesn't matter if you relented or not. That's just the rule. It's yeah, pretty that's, funny. 
That is funny. You deserved it. Um, <laughs> so let's go ahead and pivot. We'll focus mostly on uh, Dreamer 2. And I know that there is a lot of interest in Dreamer 2 because it definitely is different. So, Scott, I mean, what is Dreamer 2 doing that the original, I mean, doesn't? Uh, he is doing uh, a couple things. One, uh, looks like he's waking up from some kind of deep sleep. Well, yes. Yeah, that that's with all the little magic around him, like uh, it seems like everyone has in uh, this edition of uh, Masters. But he, yeah, he's doing a couple things. Uh, one, he is uh, setting up a, a second hand um, with his crew. So the lucid dreaming is a little bit different now. When he gets to five cards in his out-of-play pile, after your, next, after your opponent's next activation, you... Uh, the cards you have in your hand will go to your out-of-play pile, and your out-of-play pile comes into your hand. So you are lucid dreaming, and you're looking for those high cards. And then when when you go to activate a model, you discard two cards from your out-of-play pile, and then they go into your discard pile. And if at, if at that point you have no cards in hand, Dreamer unburies within two inches of a keyword model. So he can get anywhere on the board. Uh, that and so he can be a major player in running your schemes and strats. Um, what he does for his crew is he's got a uh, an ability on the front of his card, which is board wide. That once per activation, any friendly nightmare when they go to perform a duel can discard a card to get a plus flip to that duel. So yeah. if let's say someone is like say Serena wants to shoot her gun and get that hole in the world trigger, but they're in concealing train, I can discard a card. Now she's on a straight flip. Uh, same thing with any of your other ones. Uh, and that's actually a very good way of controlling your hand because, one, it uh, allows you to have every card in your hand is useful. So let's say you have a couple ones or twos or low cards you're not going to need for target numbers. You can discard those cards for plus flips on something that might be more useful. So that that is what he does for his crew in that. Um so with that, do you find yourself, so are you almost kind of trying to burn through your hand? That way you can then draw five and discard, or sorry, and switch none into the out of the world hand? Mm. Yes, uh, I do that. Because um, usually when I go to Berry Dreamer, when I get that fifth card in my out of play pile, I want to have two or less cards in my hand. And uh, the, the reason for that is twofold. One, um, that way, Dreamer, when he buries, he un he'll unbury immediately. Yeah. And I like to be in practice with that because if I were to ever play a crew that can attack buried models, then basically he is never going to be buried for them to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, you start playing against Terra or some kind of guild nonsense where they can beat you while you're buried. Exactly, exactly. So I, I, I don't want to... Uh, get in a bad habit of having him buried for long in case I were to run into a bad matchup like that. Yeah, um, I agree. Up. So especially on turn one, when you're usually not having a whole lot to do, if I have low cards, um, I'm just discarding my low cards for things like, you know, the daydreams lead nightmare. I only need a five, but then th that gets my hand down low. Um, so I'll be ready for when that fifth card goes in there and then Dreamer's going to bury. Hmm. So even that uh, saves you on Soul Stones because 
instance, you know you're going to be getting another hand, you don't typically have to soul stone a whole lot at the beginning of the turn, even if you don't have a whole lot of good cards, because you, um, you'll be getting that second hand. Now, on turn one, it's a little bit harder. Typically, Dreamer is the last activation, because unless Dreamer can attack something, which typically he's not going to be able to do turn one, the only card you're going to get out of play is with Lucid Dreaming. And I have five Lucid Dreams in my typical crew, so once I get that last Lucid Dream off, then Dreamer's going to be burying. Yeah, and something that I find interesting, and it's kind of terrifying, honestly, uh, with Peer into Dreams, I mean, that's an okay action because you can essentially, you know, discard some cards to do some damage to your opponent. But I think the bigger thing on that is the Mask Trigger, where you can just get Lord Chompy back if he dies. Yes, exactly. He uh, he now plays like Ikirio does in the Karai. Yeah, you just send him in. Just send him in. You make him a big pain in the butt, but most people who have seen this or have played against Akirio with Karai, they don't want to attack him because then he's just going to come back. Now, yeah. one drawback to that is you can only do that to a non-minion, so you can't yeah. just pick out their weakest minion with a willpower four, so you're typically going to have to go after something else. And it is only stat five, so if you're going in on something with a willpower six or willpower seven... Um, or my worst nightmare, I played a game where Shenlong was the only non-minion on the board, <laughs> and with this Chi, he's willpower eight. Yeah, that's So rough. I had to play that game. I had to play Lord Chompy Bits a little bit cagey. But, yes, you have to be careful with that. You have to make sure you're checking for those non-minions since it is only a stat five, and a lot of the time you will be maybe possibly down a stat or even two. Yeah, I, I was playing against this... Chris was playing it and I brought Levy and I could have easily blown up, um, blown him up, but I'm just, it wasn't worth it. Cause I'm like, even if I kill this dude, it's just going to end up back in my crew here soon. So mm, it exactly. didn't, make, didn't make any sense to do it. He comes in with slow, but with Serena in the crew, you can easily take that slow off. And then yeah. you have Lord Chompy bits in your face, ready to uh, wreck it. Yeah. So besides the, you know, getting Chompy back if you need to, and, the abilities on the front of his card. What are you using his other actions for? So what do you like? What does a good turn with Dreamer 2 look like? Okay, well, typically with uh, Dreamer, I will go after he's unburied. So that way I can put him in the best beneficial position. And you can only, un like I said before, you can only unburied to Nightmare models, but my typical crew is all Nightmare. So he can yeah. go to any model on the board. And I typically play my models very fast so they can get up the board and he can be with his 10 inch range attacks being attacking models in their own deployment zone yep so typically the first thing i do after i unbury and activate him is i'll use the endless slumber ability to give out slow and adversary since that my peer in the dreams is a stat five i like that adversary so i get the plus flips uh on whatever i might be attacking and I'm always going to be doing that one. And the main reason for that is, is the built-in trigger. You get to take in your top five cards of your discard pile, you get to take two of those out and put them in your out-of-play pile. So yeah, you're setting up your next hand for next turn. So you don't have to use all your lucid dreams just for that to uh, get up to five cards. And then I will typically then um, use his peer in the dreams, maybe to do some damage to a model or 
Also, you can use the trigger that, you, that once per turn you can look in your opponent's hand and uh, see what they have. If I think they're saving, if their hand's getting low, I'll try and get that trigger. If they're down to one or two cards, I'll take a look at their hand and I can make them discard maybe their one good card that they might have been saving for, let's say, maybe a late turn leap or uh, something like that. Yeah, and I do like his bonus just because it's nice where you can just discard a card um, just to drop a scheme marker. And this is good for setting up things like detonate or something else randomly like that. Yeah, that's that was going to be my next thing is he is a almost an auto on detonate. Yeah. So he when he can teleport to, in, to within two inches of a model of one of his models. So if my models are close to the enemy, he can teleport in in a place where he's not engaged. He can drop a marker and then discard a card to drop a marker. Now, that's not just on itself. He can target a nightmare within four inches. So typically, it's just going to be him. But if I need to, I can do it to another model, um, which also makes uh, one him one of the very few masters that if outflanks in the game, I would actually consider taking it with him. Mm, just nice. He is so mobile. And if I get a model in the corner, but it can't drop a mo uh, uh, scheme marker, I can just have him go in and target him with a waking nightmare and drop a ski marker and base contact with it. Yeah. Not only that, you have models in the keyword, like the, you know, Bandersnatch and the widow weaver. So you definitely have fast models that can do outflank relatively reliably. It's the yeah. main strength of that keyword, all the movement shenanigans. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, the last, uh, action he has the tactical lead nightmare, which is the same one that daydreams have. Um, but he only needs a three. Not something I do a whole lot because you're using a master AP to push a model three inches. Yeah. But the sneaky thing is on that is the built-in trigger, which allows you the model you're pushing. If it ends that push within two inches of an enemy model, you can bury into it. So you can do that to, let's say, you have an insidious uh, that looks like it's going to get eaten. You can bury it in the model. And then now it's safe, unless, of course, you're playing like Terra or Lady J or something like that. Also, too, um, with Vendetta. So let's say you pick it, one of your models with Vendetta, you push it to within two inches of the target. Then you can bury it in that model. And now whenever you want to, typically at the end of the turn when it'll be safe, it can unbury and attack the model you have Vendetta on to score you that first point and knock it down to half. I mean, they're squishy, though, so once you reveal it, how do you keep it alive? Bury it again. <laughs> fair. That is fair. So, I mean, Insidious, yeah, they are they are a little squishy, but, I, I mean, relatively survivable for a seven soul stone model. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, you could do it with uh, Widow Weaver, another model you see often with Dreamer 2, if they have a high-cost Enforcer or Henchman or something like that. Uh, take her up there, bury her in it, and do knock it down to half with whether Dreamer helping out or it does it itself. And then if it's in danger, you just have the Dreamer buried again, and you just only have it go until you know the end of the turn when most models have gone, and then it can you know run away, attack again, you know do whatever you need it to do. The only problem is though is if you do bury it, and that model needs to be in a specific spot, and your opponent knows they can move that model you're buried in and get it out of position. Right. So basically don't do claim, don't do it to your claim jump target. 
on something that has an activator or, or, or needs to be on a specific place. Exactly. Yeah. Again, it's not something I do a lot, but it can, uh, it can be quite helpful. Like a game I had here recently, I had an insidious madness that mm. was within charge range of Misaki and a Kadenaka crime boss. Okay. So I buried the insidious in the crime boss and it just stayed there until all the models had gone. Then I unburied it and, uh, had on its activation. I, that's one model that I need to start using more, but I, I hate it because he dies to a stiff breeze. Uh, the kind of matter boss, but like the way that you're dealing with it is the main reason why I don't use it as often because you just place in base and you're like, well, poop. Now I <laughs> I can't really use my extended reach. No, yeah. it's yeah, because uh, that's the thing. I, like they have extended reach and they I believe they have like one more rule that's supposed to make them keep alive. Most people do things like place into base contact or pull them into combat. It's it's very frustrating. Well, also just burying a model and just no flip is pretty bad. It's a flip. You need a three. I'm just saying. Yeah, right. That seems fair. Yeah, I mean, and you're burying only friendly models. The enemy doesn't get to like affect. They're not affected until they activate, and when they activate, then that's a different story. Yeah, right. <laughs> Then bad things happen. Yeah. yeah. Then they yeah. have to like face, it's, you know, God. And then, yeah, that's a different story. It is definitely, uh, it's more, I tend to use it more on a defensive tactic to save models from getting sure. uh, teamed up on. But using it for Vendetta, um, you know, that's good. Uh, I one time buried uh, Lord Chompy Bits into a monk. And then it was the, it was the Leaping Monk. So... Now that Leapy Monk can't get away from Lord Chompy Bits, and then Lord Chompy Bits activates and eats said Leapy Monk. Yep. <laughs> yep. Or, or better, like my favorite so far from the things that we're talking about. Uh, yeah, I just thought of um, they reveal hidden martyrs and then like trying to run away from whoever it is. And like, tonight, you, you just bury whoever is like nearby the model that needs to go away. And you're like, okay, now no matter where he goes, you know, there's an Alp or Chompy bits or, you know, something. pick something and like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And obviously with this dreamer, so you're bringing, I mean, obviously Lord Chompy is going to be beating up stuff for you, but I'm curious to hear what a list for this dreamer kind of looks like compared to the other one. Yeah. Well, um, well, you're always going to bring Serena because, you know, Serena stapled to a dreamer crew. And I mean, She's just, I mean, many people have talked about her, so I won't go into detail, but she's just a really good model to have in your crew. Uh, that's yeah. why you saw her a lot outside of a Dreamer crew. Uh, her gun, her healing, just everything good. Uh, I also tend to take uh, two Daydreams uh, for the Lucid Dreaming engine. Really? I'll typically have the uh, Ancient Pact on one of them. So that helps get... Uh, Lord Chompy bits up the board. Uh, typically, will move some of my Insidiouses or the Bandersnatch. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, cheap models, and you know, they're the secret tech against armor with their Ben Reality that ignores armor. So, you know, you got to watch out for those guys. You know, every once in a while, they get that uh, four damage off on a uh, ignoring armor, and uh, that makes for a sad peacekeeper. Hmm. Yeah, and it's not the crazy thing is right. It's not a gun, and it's not a melee attack, so it gets around a lot of defensive tech that sometimes you'll see. Yep, and 
I'm granted three wounds with Incorporal, so if someone wants to kill it, they can, but it's move six, so it has no problem keeping up with your crew. Yep. Just a really good model. Um, they're if it's annoying because to... they're insignificant. That's the yep. big issue. Yep. Uh, if it's going to be a scheming pool, which typically a dream or two, that's what I'm bringing it in, uh, bringing him in. Uh, I bring in the uh, Banner Snatch and Widow Weaver combo uh, just because, again, super fast. Uh, Banner Snatch has a tendency to die, but if he lives through turn two, I'm happy because then he'll, between the two of them, they'll have catapulted Widow Weaver back into the backfield of your opponent, and she can go after the squishy models. She can go after the symbols. Dream or two can teleport to her and do whatever it might be needed back there, whether it's dropping ski markers, picking up symbols, turning turf war markers. It's just it's just a super good combo right there. I mean, with the yeah. two of them, plus Dreamer being able to go to them, it's hmm. really hard to stop. Okay. Because, like, it's not that different. Like, the only difference between, well, most of the, there's the difference is, like, I had only one daydream, but you're saying two daydreams and both of them with the ancient pack? No, just one, just one ancient pact. Oh, just one ancient pact, but two yes. daydreams. Two daydreams, one ancient pact. Yes, because okay. um, as we go through the list here, more on what I typically bring, he only has five stones. Okay, but I can again, like you said, since typically you're going to get that second hand, you don't really stone a lot for cards. It's mainly yeah. for for Dreamer and Lord Chompybits to keep them please, alive. Please send me a copy uh, on Messenger because I definitely want to try that out. Like the, I sent you the one that I used, and I, I again I tried two games I think maybe one only because like I w I just got frustrated with it and I was like all right <laughs> yeah dude like I literally I, I think I just like deployed him in the middle of the crew of my enemy and it was within like a move and a charge and he just kept getting harassed the entire day uh, the entire game it was just frustrating and I didn't have as much. Um, which I'm called lucid dreaming. I should have. I should have done that more. Yeah, and then uh, typically what I finish out my uh, the rest of my crew with is two insidiouses. So that's uh, yeah, nine models, five soul stones, one upgrade. Hmm. So, what do you think about the uh, his new enforcer, the lady you made? Do you like ever bringing that, or is it something you don't touch with Insomniac a lot? Uh, I have not brought her. Um, I've looked at her card. I, I I like her, but actually I think she'd be more helpful in a dreamer crew. Uh, mainly for that uh was it I think it's a what twelve inch stat seven willpower attack. Yeah. Um Yeah, to help get some of your summons in. Yep. Because mm -hmm. uh that that would be the longest range willpower attack in the crew. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Twisted it's... realities, eight inch range. Um <laughs> and dreamers your nightmares in eight inch range so if you're looking to pop an elp in mm -hmm. that backfield uh that 12 inch range on a stat seven uh would be pretty sweet i absolutely love that tra torturous trance on, on lady yume yep and then grand what's it do it's one damage one injured so oh, God. it's set up so much oh yep. i uh, i'm talking about with asami because I've been playing 10 Thunders lately, but like I'm assuming that in Nightmare, the fact that it's a willpower check, it's a stat seven, and it does injured is also like incredibly good. Yeah, and you're getting one of your summons in the base with something that's like 
I mean, and it, I, I just, I think it works like you were saying well with Dreamer 1 because you don't necessarily have to overextend to try and get your summon somewhere because that 12 inches makes a big difference. Yo, yeah. Also, consume randomly, by the way. This, this is not Nightmare, but in Oni, consume saved me from my own Obsidian Oni. So I'm, I'm in love with that ability. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, was about to thing? blow up or something. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I summoned it and then I had used it and then my opponent pushed it into, like, it staggered it and pushed it into my lines. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, activate, you may eat it. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> exactly. I was like, all right. Yeah, she's, she seems, like, really, really strong for, like, many little things. Like, she's not going to, like, one-round somebody easily, but she brings so many tools. And yeah. She's just awesome. Okay. And another reason I think she would also be better in Dreamer is that a lot of the models I bring in Dreamer 2, mm -hmm. Dreamer could summon so she True. would be taking True. up a position in dreamer 2 on models that i would need whereas in dreamer yeah. not so much because he can summon those models in to replace what i would hire for dreamer 2. okay 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 so that's another thing that i was doing wrong yeah that's definitely one of the challenging things with i think insomniac is with the original dreamer you're you're able to just you know hire your good stuff and summon the minions you need whereas it sounds like with dreamer 2 you definitely you need to hire some of the minions because they're still worth bringing. Yep. Yeah. And because you also definitely want them on the board too. Because if you took, if I brought Lady Yumi in this crew, I'd be taking out models with Lucid Dreaming. And I, I mean, don't have to have five Lucid Dreams in the crew, but to start that round, that turn one, getting those five cards out of play without having Dreamer to activate is yeah. really helpful. It gets that engine going. It's, uh, you can start setting up your schemes, turn one with Dreamer catapulting up the field and you just he won't have to walk i don't i could probably count the number of times i've walked with dreamer in the 20 plus games i've played on one hand <laughs> yeah no like as soon as he buries he's basically anywhere on the table it's kind of funny because like that's why i use the bandersnatch like the same way that you're talking about like Teleport the Bandersnatch, all of a sudden a Dreamer's just like, hey, surprise guys. But well, I mean Dreamers only move four. I mean the, the Insomniac. <laughs> so I mean you don't want to walk just four inches. No. Oh, and that also he's not in corporal either. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't even know like that. I played that wrong. <laughs> I, I already I, cheated somebody. I already yeah. cheated somebody. I was playing him as if he was incorporeal. Oops. Oh, you didn't cheat. It was an innocent mistake. <laughs> he, he woke up, Dixon, so he's not in the dream anymore. Apparently, yes. I yeah, no, no, I get that part, but like for real, like I thought that he had incorporeal and serene countenance. And he does uh, have serene countenance still. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But like I thought that he had both. <laughs> and the innocent bystander is not something to overlook either. That giving right. a target number twelve to any actions that yeah, target not nothing. can can be uh, a lifesaver, especially if they're like just taking a pot. Oh, I'll I'll be on a negative flip. I'm gonna take a pot shot, and you flip a one, and they don't hit that target number. Well, you don't have to worry about it because they yep. can't cheat, and uh, you don't have to waste a card trying to save them. Because he, one of the things you have to worry about with him is he is imminently assassinable. If you, especially if you're not real careful with him, I I well. And you know, the funny thing is, like, people have been swearing to me that anything that has to be in countenance, if you put Hildegard, they become unkillable. 
And I that has not been my experience. I played it with Lucius, and now people are telling me to do that with the Dreamer because I said yeah, I'm having problems with Insomniac, and they said bring Hildegard. He'll she'll keep him alive. And yeah, but wouldn't the Dreamer just kind of outrun her essentially? Yes, that was like the the thing that I mentioned, and like they told me it's like no, 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 you just have to position her next to like Chompy bits or something like that. I'm like, then he's not doing what. He wants to do, which well, is teleport everywhere. Also, I think you're taking away one of his strengths because I feel like the mobility is the strength of this crew. Yes, and absolutely. if you have if you have Hildegrad right next to Chompy, it's like, oh, I wonder where you're gonna bring him back in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, thank you. I didn't even think about that, but that's like an incredibly good point. Now you are telegraphing where you're gonna come out with your master. You know, I I like to be the wild card. I like to do even if it is something random that's a stupid mistake i would rather just at least have the you know surprise factor right and maybe that'll let me catch up a little bit well i'm assuming scott doesn't like to do endless slumber three times in activation either no that seems like super like the super boring way to play um (laughs) Um, i usually at the most i do it twice and if i'm doing it a second time it's mainly to make another model slow Mm-hmm. Or you Since, mi- or you missed the first time and it it's a critical hit. Yeah, you have yeah, to hit. yeah, yeah. Assu- assuming I hit the first time, um, which typically happens because you, if you are activating Dreamer after he's unburied, you have five cards in your hand, and they typically are you're going to have very good hands with him on that nice. second hand. Nice. So you're typically going to hit. Um, the adversary doesn't come in a whole lot because typically I activate him near the end or last but it's good if you just want to peer in a dream someone to uh to do some damage and he he's surprisingly amount of damage dealing now a lot of people you would think when you think about it when you're looking at their hands you want to get rid of a card you're getting rid of a high card Mm. which can be what you want to go for but if you want to use him to snipe out a scheme runner you hit them twice with peer in the dreams and you discard two weeks that's six damage yep don't have to worry about a black joker on the damage flip or anything like that it's that's just six damage yeah i mean that was so, by the way that was my plan uh with uh yume was hit a critical target that i want to hit with yume and then peer into dreams that person a couple of times that was my original plan when i made that list that i sent you but now that you told me that you know you prefer to have models that are not easily like get it like um like summons that you normally would have with the first one yep I, i'm gonna start trying that because i never actually had the chance to play one of those seven point models without actually summoning them yeah and i would suggest if you do run a list similar to this mm-hmm. um what uh insidious madnesses i've found playing dreamer 2 since they weren't yes. throwaway models anymore on summons right you actually run them together Mm-hmm. That increases their survivability. So, huh. and why that is is if you if you attack one model with your insidious madness, you may do a little bit of damage, and then you have the second one coming in. Uh, when it hits, it's healing itself plus the other one that's engaging that model with a feed into fear. Since their attack is a willpower duel, you're healing yourself and possibly the other one if that is also injured. So yeah. it, it makes them a little bit more survivable, especially if you if you get lucky and hit the second life trigger. So now you're mm-hmm. doing another damage and healing yourself another point. So running them kind of like of a, in a pack uh, does make them a little bit more survivable 
than doing it by themselves. That's hilarious. I didn't even think about that. So, so as a module, I should run them as a as a duo, yep. basically, I, so that they can uh, out in combat and heal each other up. That's funny. exactly kind of like how if you run Banner Snatch and Widow Weaver, you kind of run them as a duo because they're leapfrogging on the web yeah. markers. Uh, right. You can do that with the Insidiouses too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That's yeah. Cool. And with Dreamer too, so. You're putting this, you know, these five cards aside, essentially. So what are you looking to do with those set aside cards with Dreamer 2? I mean, are you trying to sometimes set up like a diesel hand? That way you can go with maybe Chompy and eat something. Like, what are you doing with that off board hand there, Scott? Uh, first turn, I am setting up my second turn for okay. the most part. Um, if I'm getting the cards, I, I think I will. Uh, definitely setting up that turn two so that if I, especially if I can win a niche, Lord Chompy Bits can go into something, wreck some face. Um, or maybe, you know, if I have picked on a scheme runner, maybe I need to finish it off. I can have an Insidious if it's on, you know, over there with Insidiouses or maybe a Widow Weaver Banner Snatch um, can go and, and maybe finish something off turn two that you didn't quite kill turn one. So yeah. that's definitely setting that up. Turns two, three, and four, and five, you're mainly setting up that hand for the middle to end of that turn. Because if everything has gone right, uh, turn two, you should switch hand, or end of turn one, you will have switched hands and you'll put at least two more cards in there. So, beginning of turn two, you start with two cards at least in your out of play pile. So, now your lucid dreamings can get you up to five and still have a few left over after dreamer has gone so he'll put typically put two cards in there and then maybe you might have one or two lucid dreams to get it up to four or five so you can switch hands earlier in the turn each turn as the game progresses or if you or if you really want to you can live the dream and actually get three hands in one turn now that's kind of more of a side game i've done it once and you really kind of have to try it. And that usually means you're doing uh, Endless Slumber twice with Dreamer. But you can get that magical three hands in one turn. But I, I think Whoa. it's, it's not, like how we talked earlier. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. Okay. Because, like, you have to you have to max it at six. Then have him buried. No, at five. You have to get to five. After an enemy's... No, no, I, I get that. But, like, uh, you talk about that but i'm saying you can get to six if you have four cards removed no because then he doesn't unbury fuck you're right damn it i was gonna say because i was gonna say you can remove up to two non-joker cards with the ability that he has and then you get to six which is still trigger the five or more cards thing but the fact is the second part which is a stir each friendly activation he would not unbury yeah damn okay never mind i have to figure out more how to play them but what's the power like everything that you said so far it's really cool very cool <laughs> but for scheming purposes the dropping a scheme marker with a quick action doesn't convince me that he's like super busted or like incredibly strong at the okay. very least so on the scheming aspect so yeah. he has a very quick crew so they can get to where they need to be so let's say you want to do spread them out or something like that right they where they need to be um and they can drop the one or two ski markers that they can do. And then Dreamer can come in anywhere they, he needs to and drop right. that third ski marker, 
say right. spread them out or he can if you're getting widow weaver or insidious in their backfield he can teleport there at the end of the turn and get breakthrough so you're or, saying that he completes schemes that are already in motion or like the first point of breakthrough he could do it by himself or detonate. he just since he's going near the end of the turn you just pick one of their models that have activated already teleport to one of your models that are near there and he can drop two ski markers by himself and still get an attack or get two attacks off yeah yeah yeah, yeah. wake it like drop a scheme but interact action waking nightmares on himself but it's cutting a card and then pure dreams or endless uh sombra cc's fit okay okay so yeah he you're you're saying basically that he already makes schemes that are in motion be completed within one turn or it's pretty strong energy for for instance one game i played uh on vassal in one turn he picked up a strategy marker in right. symbols and scored me detonate in one turn yep that sounds about right okay okay so again he's he is really good because he appears anywhere on the table and then exactly. as long as you know the rules of the game and the strategy you can make shit happen yes okay now, now you're convincing me like his mobility is the number one thing and his ability to drop a ski marker for a card in a bonus action is the secondary powerful ability about him yeah, yeah and you, i mean you could even set something up like you could do deathbeds have the whatever the it's not the nest what it, what's the marker that the uh widow oh, weaver put that web, it's a web, web marker. markers yeah yeah so basically you just go okay i'm gonna name web Dreamer's going to pop up, put, you know, a little scheme down and maybe kill a minion next to one of those web markers and just get your first point on deathbeds. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. even have to kill it himself. He can summon uh, yeah, Chompy because exactly. he can sacrifice Chompy earlier, then summon Chompy. And then Chompy can just be like, hey, <laughs> terrifying. Uh, yeah. yeah. Dream the, the strength of Dreamer is his scheming and maneuverability of the whole crew. He is the second best scheming master in the game. And I will die on that hill. The only one that's better is Colette 2. Uh, Yanlo. Nope. Yanlo 2 is significantly better. Nope. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will fight you he on that. He's gonna, he okay. said he's going to die, Dixon. <laughs> yeah, Are I you know. ready to die? Yes. I've been ready to die for <laughs> 10 years, son. No, I'm <laughs> no, no. So Dreamer can go short. from one side of the board to the other and yes. interact three times. Yes. Yanlo 2 can get to the other side of the board. But he can't interact that many times. Uh, he can interact three times, yeah. Well, he doesn't have to interact three times. He can interact, uh, move himself with a wary road, and then interact again. I guess not. I guess he can't. Okay, so he can do it twice. You're right. No, no. No, 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 no. He can interact, wary road himself, walk, and then interact again. Because, well, but his he, walk, he quote unquote, is. From one side of the board to the other and do it. Uh, yeah, he can. He can go from one side of the board to the other and interact three times. Yeah, that's what the dogs are for. Okay. I'm not exaggerating. I have seen it happen. Yeah, you're talking about Yan Lo too, right? That's exactly what I'm talking. Like the, the Yan Lo one can't do this crap. It's Yan Lo two. Did you say Yan Lo or did you say Shen Long? No, Yan Lo. Yan Lo. I know Yan Lo can, but in my Hell mind, I thought. Yeah. But yeah, because you can obey the dog, and then exactly. it, you just place and yeah. Shenanigans, yeah, dude. Shenan pretty, I have seen it happen. Dumb. That's the main reason why I said that. I was like, I'm not saying that Dreamer is not good. I think I would put Dreamer third 
because of the quality of the Colette thing that we just talked about. Both titles of Colette are insanely good at doing every scheme forever and ever in the game. Uh, then Yon Law too, because he's busted in my opinion. And then now Dreamer, because he he might be busted with all the movement shenanigans, because you're showing me that he basically makes his entire crew like hyper accurate. Yeah. Now on uh, on the other note on that is you have to be very careful with your placement on this crew. Yes. Uh, everything's made up of permache. Yes. Now you do have Widow Weaver is, is tougher than she looks because of her terrifying, which if you're facing Ruthless, gets around that. But she can also use Soul Stones because she's a henchman too. Yeah, that'll throw yep. you off. Yep, yep. But the big thing that makes with the Banner Snatch and Widow Weaver, and I have and still to this day have sometimes get too aggressive is throwing my web markers out and then fast models on the opposing crew come and wipe them out. Yep. So you got to be real careful with the placement on those. <laughs> I did that to the damn Silurid. I was playing against Chris and uh, it was turn one and Chris put his layer markers pretty much <gasps> online. Oh. So I just ran the, uh, I had a Ronin that I just pushed up, walked, and then interacted to destroy it. And I was like, get wrecked, nerd. <laughs> That's so messed up. Oh, so messed <laughs> And up. he was so far away where it's like, all right, well, I don't have to worry about the Solarid coming over here anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. Same, same thing with the Insidiouses. If you get too aggressive with them, a beater, even with uh, seven wounds and incorporeal, they can still get taken out by a big beater if you're moving them too far yep. off the board. So you have to have you have to be aggressive with them, but it has to be controlled aggression because they can die really easily. And web markers are destructible, so one leapy boy coming up there can kind of put your plan on hold for a turn or two, wiping out your web markers. Yeah, yeah. the only the only thing that I and I was playing Levy, so Levy kills shit pretty quick. The only thing that I was with this version, I was just like, I literally can kill anything, and I was. But all of a sudden, I think you have to make people pay with Chompy. I think you have to just be aggressive with Chompy, with Dreamer 2, and just go head hunting. You know, it's kind of sad that I'm thinking about it. Outcast and Guild have, like, excellent crews or keyword models or whatever. They have answers that are really, really strong against... Yeah like a whole bunch of stuff like web markers. That's so sad because there's not that much in, in Neverborn and pretty much Bayou. What do you have in Bayou that has like blow it all to hell? I mean, you don't need blow it all to hell when you just have the emissary rolling around. That is true. I just suffer all the consequences. Or, or you can bring gluttony. Eh. I prefer the emissary. I said you could. I'm not <laughs> saying you should. I said emissary is so much better. But like, yeah, no, because I'm thinking about that plan, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to be objective and trying to like think about like, okay, what are the options that other people have to try to see if they can stop this? And honestly, frankly, if you know that the the mission needs to be movement related, you are gonna have to like bring out some blow it all to hell against Dreamer, even if it doesn't make sense in your head, because. Yeah. What Scott's telling me right now is like, well, if you don't know how to remove these things, I'm going to be in your deployments on turn two. And yeah, that's not exactly. good. <laughs> that is not good at all. Because that means dreamers in your deployment zone. And there's nowhere to hide now. <laughs> yeah. Th th again, what I was saying when placement 
Dreamer 2 is imminently killable. And you got to be real careful with your placement on him because especially if you put him in a bad place end of turn one, beginning of turn two, you got to wait till at least three to four models before you can get him buried. And uh, Soul Stones are only going to take you so far on a defense four. Yeah, true. And yeah, he has... Because the thing is, like, a lot of people will not notice about Serene Countenance, but how often have you seen somebody focus just to get that one attack on him? Because I've seen plenty of people do that to me. Oh, yeah. Especially if they have that uh, spiky damage track. You have yep. like a 2 four, six, or 3 four, six damage track. Um, yeah, they'll but focus two, get around the Serene Countenance and punch him in the face. Lily Yuma's 2-3-6. Jesus. Yep. I was like, what? <laughs> she hits yeah, the problem I found when I played against Dreamer 2, though, is the models that I couldn't kill in one activation, they would just either run back or they would place Serena somewhere that could just heal them back up and remove conditions. So that was kind of annoying because they do have a solid healer in their pocket. I mean, you're right on that, but like they, most of them just have wounds and defense five. So, like, yeah. I have seven life and defense five. GG, no read. That's all I have. Well, and that's what I was saying. Like, I, I shot uh, Capellius with Rusty Alice and got him down to, like, two. But then, because uh, I missed one of the shots. But then he just walked back and Serena healed him up. I was like, oh, that was good. I mean, I guess he's not scheming as much, but sure. Right. Yeah, and at that point, you're kind of, like, resetting how many actions the other person yeah. did to you. Which is the strength of, of healing, because a lot of people think it's like, oh, healing is is like one action for one action. It's like, not really. I've seen... Yeah, because you have to reposition usually. Exactly. I've seen healing that is like, I heal you for three, and that's literally three actions from the opponent. So one of my actions just negated three of you. So Yeah, especially if they use something like, I got your back, and then I'm yep. going to move you, and then I'm going to yeah, heal all, you. All of that is good stuff. Like, you remove all conditions, the those... The stupid Mayfang uh, totem. I forget his name. I'm forgetting all the names today. But like, that's the kind of stuff that you would have to like bring for this for for yeah. Carver setting you on fire, for Dreamer putting stun on you, or I mean, a slow and in uh, adversary. Uh, how the hell do you get around that if you have no way to remove conditions? Like, they're just gonna slobber you with a whole bunch of conditions, right? Am I wrong, Scott? Or is that like your game plan? For this guy to hand out a lot of conditions, or oh, part of, I'm talking about part of, because like you're clearly on the, I'm gonna do my schemes and strategies, and I'm gonna slow your process down. And the way that I figure you're gonna do that is by slowing them down with literally slow and staggering. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It, I, typically with the models I'm slowing are the ones that are going to score their schemes, um, okay. unless I like may throw slow on a big beater so it can't go uh can't go in on dreamer or maybe lord chompy bits or another model i need to save i'll do the slow mm. um so it just that that comes down to more a uh, situation as opposed to okay th this is the you know at the beginning of the game this is the model i want to slow because it's going to do whatever the case is it's okay. basically boils down to one slowing down their scheme runners or the one the ones that are going to score them points and also that depends also to where i need dreamer to be so okay. i may want to slow a model down but i need to hit dreamer on the other side of the board to score me whatever points i need scoring so that is definitely uh knowing reading the board and knowing or guessing at what your opponent's trying to do 
Mm. So I, I have a, a challenging question for Insomniac here, Scott. Okay. If you had to bring either Teddy or Carver, which one are you bringing with Insomniac? Teddy. Ooh. Poor, Car- poor Carver. Ooh. And I told you, like, I, I said... Carver has been MVP in a few games, but he's a bad model. And like every time <laughs> he's you the Bert Jebson of Nightmare. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. And whoa. True. Like when he's good, he's fucking great. But when he, when it's a normal game, he's bad. He's just I, bad. I actually didn't like <laughs> Teddy and Nightmare. I love Teddy and Woe because you can bring baby Kate and do some cool things. Mm. I'm not sure if I love him in Nightmare though. He's, what, he's what, definitely uh I agree better in Woe than he is in Nightmare. Mm, now, okay. he actually, as a beater, he's actually better than Chompy because he's got the yeah. flurry. Yep. Unless they're putting out scheme markers, then uh, Lord Chompy bits just nom nom Trail on them. And gets next I, I mean, you can give him fast in Woe. So there's yeah, that. Again. <laughs> yeah. But the uh, I've got your back um, on, on Teddy is uh, deceptively good free action especially if you need to get someone out of danger yep yeah teddy's solid i i I almost i think if you're a never born player you should be required to play teddy at least uh a quarter of your games oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) no he's a solid model teddy is a model i won't bring into 10 thunders because his main defense because defense four yep armor one and terrifying 11 if you take away that terrifying he just folds even faster yep. than he normally does. Okay. He's stuffing real quick after that. Yeah. I mean, you have to like speed him up a lot. Again, I when I bring him in, in woe, it's because the conditions seem fine. Like, all right, he revealed a master that is melee heavy and Teddy is monstrous. So, and this is not 10 Thunders. All right, let's bring him out. <laughs> so, uh, follow-up question, Scott. Okay. Which Teddy model is your favorite Teddy model? <laughs> Well, the the old metal one is my favorite, unfortunately. Well, it looks kind of like derpy from like that Freddy Five door. Nights at Freddy's or whatever. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, I don't own that model, but oh. um, the uh, was it the gosh, I can't remember the one that came out at the end of second edition. The misery. The, yeah, the misery one. That's a cool model. Yes, I, I, that's the one I play because uh, I also got the nightmare. Uh, baby Cade model, and I nice. painted the Baby Cade uh, uh, onesie he's in to paint him ex- exactly like my uh, the other Teddy I have. That's awesome. I am sending you both my favorite one because I I I can't believe you guys never seen this or you don't care about this one. He's the best Teddy ever. Look at him. Look at that. That's first. like first edition, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, that's from Puppet Wars, and they were oh, legal. So there was a bunch of, of us that literally took that base and put it on a 30 and then the 30 on a 50, on a 40 and a 40 on a 50. Like literally just like sculpted to have that Teddy on because it was hilarious. It looks like Teddy's head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> he was also great in that game. But yeah, no, I, I, I love Teddy, but Scott's right. Like defense for armor one only gets you so far, even if he has 10 life. Yeah, it's a solid model. Uh, Teddy's just, he's fun. Like, that's iconic, right? Like that is one of the models where you're like, yes, this is Malifaux. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And his fluff story is really good too. So 
you had so, never read that so, or listened to it. I was going to say, go ahead and give us that real quick, because I'm not sure if I ever really read that fluff. I don't need the whole thing, but just a synopsis of it. The TLDR. <laughs> the, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, because it's been a while, but sure. I believe uh, he was made by Widow Weaver, and he, the family that he was that he originally belonged to when he was just a teddy bear, uh, he went and uh, actually hunted them down and killed them because he wasn't trying to kill them. He was just trying to hug them. But <laughs> since, you know, he's a big teddy bear with claws, he killed them when he hugged them. And that was actually in second edition. That was what his, his scratch attack was called, hugs. That's like some, that's like some of Mice and Men stuff right there. Oh, that's yep. so funny. Poor Teddy. But that uh, is hilarious. I didn't know that. <laughs> and now, like I said, it's been a while since I've read it, so I could have gotten it wrong. But uh, I believe that is. That's OK. I, I like that. I like that. We'll put that into canon. That's OK. I mean, I prefer that to any other reality. Let's put it that way. <laughs> that, uh, dude, and Neverborn has a ton of cool stories like that. Like, you know, Kalodi getting his head cut off and like on uh, Lucius's mantle or whatever hey, it is. Neverborn players don't talk about that. I mean, I'm not an Everborn player, so... <laughs> you monster, how could you? How could you it's remind a... me? I know, that's your that's your bay. <laughs> yeah, I, cry, oh. I cried real hard uh, when they, uh, Dead Man's Hand Colody is my, probably my second favorite master in second edition. I'm yeah, so here's sad. our, here's our uh, bi-monthly uh, little announcement for Weird. Anybody listening from the old Weird company there, do mm-hmm. something with Dead Man's Hand, whether it's rotating out or something. It's like, let's let's see what you're actually planning on doing with this Please. same thing you're doing. I mean, the rumor mill saying that, uh, whatchamacallit, that Lilith is coming back is like ramping up every other week. Just like, Lilith, right? Return means Lilith? <laughs> Oh, Got it. If they do that, I will be so happy. Right? <laughs> Everybody, there's so many people that are like so excited for it. They're like hoping. I'm one of them. But like at this point in time, I'm like, well, they haven't said anything. If by now, with all the talk about it that, that people have had, they haven't actually released it, I don't think it's going to be Lilith, but I, I'm still hopeful. Uh, what is it called? Uh, tent- like optimistically hopeful or something? How do you say it? Well, I mean, we do know by hoping, hoping for the best, praying for, or expecting the worst. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's perfect. So we do we do know there's new keywords. At least you would assume. I mean, we saw that model that they kind of spoiled for Bayou. So you would assume that the other factions are also getting a new keyword. Yeah, uh, that's how they make their money. New models. Yeah, heck hey, yeah. Yeah, you got to do it somehow. Um, I mean, if they want to do like. Like they did, I think like two years ago, where they did a nightmare version of some crews, because that witch's crew of Pandora was just gorgeous in my opinion. So if they did that for a couple of other keywords, they buy you. Everybody loves Ma. Imagine if they did a, a a version of Ma that was a nightmare version. That would be awesome. I mean, they could take my money. <laughs> so this is kind of where let's get into. So we talked about a couple of schemes that Dreamer does well, Scott, but what are some of the strats that you really like dropping this keyword into? Symbols, I think, is probably his best. Slam dunk. Yes. Uh, Break the line is pretty good, but since there's not a whole lot of where you can interact, move, and then interact again, other than Dreamer on the break the line model or the break the line markers, not 
not the best, but they can definitely do it with all their speed. The uh, Daydream's pushing them along. Those are probably the two best ones. Uh, turf War, not his best one. I mean, sure. I do. I have taken them in Turf War, and I definitely changed the crew around. Mm. Um, I typically take out the Bandersnatch and Widow Weaver. Something a little stockier. Yeah, and I'll go with something. Um, uh, I think the last time I did Turf War with him, I did uh, Hinamatsu and Doppelganger. Took the place nice. of, of um, Bandersnatch and the Widow Weaver. Uh, so that definitely a little bit stockier and, um, you don't lose it. You don't lose a whole lot on the scheming aspect with the doppelganger, with her don't mind me. And she's still a move six. Hmm. Yeah. That's really good. Peer into dreams with doppelganger at stat seven. Can you do that? Yeah. Um, although typically if I'm doing turf war, she's going to copy like Lord Chompy bits ah. or, um, the uh so yeah the lord chompy bits attack on a stat seven is okay. pretty good uh, or if the opponent has a big beater i'll steal their attack um and then way, that way too i can uh, try and get that mental trauma off on them <laughs> That's uh pretty corru funny. corrupted ley lines is another decent one um i've been burned a little bit on that a couple times because i don't have a model that can ignore uh pushes and pulls and lures like that like a wild guys can yeah. yeah, but I mean, like an insidious can run it, move six and corporeal, and um, the daydreams. And if you need to, dreamer can push it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like dreamer would be better at denying ley lines than scoring it sometimes, which he, he could do. Uh, actually, one of my strategies, uh, to, on that uh, when I was playing an Adepticon was is I moved. Bandersnatch and Widowweaver up the side, and my opponent had a one of the healing monks had his lodestone and was sitting next to it. And I tried to kill him, but uh, my opponent flipped 13s, and with uh, Chi, I couldn't hit him. Sure, I mean, a right. great, it was it was a good it was a good strategy, but it you know flipping and stuff like that that happens. But uh, yeah. he, he could be a good denial piece um slowing down the load runner uh always good that way they're gonna have to use uh more ap to get it off of them and put it on someone else but uh i have other crews i enjoy corrupted ley lines on but he could definitely do it um and i think other than turf war he can do the other three i think it comes down more on the scheming pool he wants to be he wants so if i see detonate in the pool i instantly reach for dreamer too because that's easy two points um spread them out breakthrough anything that's dropping ski markers and being in a place he does really good vendetta that kind of depends on the other crew and what i want to do but uh yeah mainly going for that those scheming stuff hmm. i mean i like the idea of like using onerophobia on on both uh corrupted ley lines and uh symbols of authority because you can use Honorable, you know, the trigger and leader of nightmares. Because uh, you can just scatter people out of a fucking point by just activating the insidious madness and saying it. You're like, all right, scatter, get away. You just ruin somebody's plans. And then they have to deal with the insidious madness, which for some ungodly reason, 7 HP is like a great breaking point for models with incorporeal. It's like they're more. <laughs> They're more they're tougher than they should be for some reason. I was trying to do the math the other day and it just became one of those weird numbers where like 
I have to do more damage than I normally would. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking even a min three beater, if they're only hit min damage, they're yeah. going to have to hit you four, four times. times. Exactly. Yeah, and that's assuming he doesn't hit anyone with his attack and heal himself. It's, yeah, no, all of that. Like, because I, uh, it happened to me when I was playing Ma. I was playing Ma too, and there was a a fucking serious madness that was just being annoying and it literally <laughs> was easier for me to just scatter and to push him through the model because oh, incorporeal than it was for me to actually attack it and kill it that's how yeah. dumb that model is yeah they're stocky for what they are yeah it's literally it's a combination of both things it's like all right terrifying i get it and then incorporeal with seven health for some reason i'm just like i guess i ignore it but he's gonna be annoying as crap. He kept putting um, distracted on Ma too, so like it's one of those good models that in this crew in the Dreamer in Insomniac, he's just gonna be a giant pain in the ass unless you like. Well, focus also on the it. nice thing about the terrifying in this crew, there's four models that are terrifying. So, terrifying on one model is just a pain. Terrifying on four models, if you don't have any ruthless, uh, is a pain in the ass. Yeah. I mean, people, hard. yeah. People that know uh, Dreamer usually bring uh, Ruthless because of that. And then they try to get around Serene Countenance by focus attacking. But you have said enough things to get around him being, you know, uh, what is it called? Polished off? Is that what they said? I was yeah. talking to British people. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they said polished off. Well, so is that kind of... So obviously a bunch of Ruthless isn't good against good for you to see when you're playing dreamer because obviously that makes it easier to kill your stuff yes but what are some other weaknesses that you found where it's like the people have put good counters against it or have been difficult for a dreamer to kind of fight out of pass tokens no kidding controlling activations yes so mm -hmm. what happens and i found this out playing against uh yoku too mm -hmm. and uh on his bearing unbearing mechanic, you have to the opponent has to has to activate a model for you to bury. For you to unbury, you have to activate a model. So if Yoko two or Brewery two generates a lot of pass tokens, he can make you go 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 go. Dreamer two will bury, and now you have no models that turn to unbury to activate to unbury him. Oh hmm. crap! Yeah, oh, I can see that. Crap. Yes. Yeah. So if I am going to be facing a crew that I think can generate a lot of pass tokens, uh, it will, and I've declared Dreamer, it will be Dreamer one because now with those pass tokens, they almost in a way control your unbury and bury mechanic more so than you do. Yeah. That's a weird weakness. I didn't even think about that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Cause like it actually makes them more interesting in my eyes because the activation control has a different effect on the dreamer, but then yeah. dreamer is a different type of model. Like he doesn't, he's not going out there to murder a model. He's going out there to like, just be destructive and start scoring, <laughs> scoring points. And that's it. Dreamer doesn't like being told when he should take his nap. Exactly. No, he does not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that is the biggest one. Now, granted you don't face it a lot, but it is something now also two things that, can attack buried models because um, you sure. do have the banner snatch in the crew. 
Although mm-hmm. if he buries himself, it makes it harder for models that can attack buried models to attack him. Yeah. Because of the upgrade. Oh, so beautiful. But if if you bury Dreamer and you haven't gotten yourself down to two cards or less, um, now he's going to be in there for at least one model to attack him if they can attack buried models. Plus, hmm. uh, uh, isn't there on some, especially in the guild stuff, if you have a model that activates when it buries, it takes damage and stuff like that. So you want to be careful on that. So he's not completely invulnerable yeah. to the attacking buried models. But right, right. He, uh, he definitely can mitigate it if when you bury, you make sure you have two cards or less in your hand, which yeah. is why you use that plus flips, even if you don't really need them. To control your hand so biggest mistakes i was making early on was i wasn't paying attention to how many models i have to activate how many models my opponent has to activate and the number of cards in my hand so when you're first doing it it becomes a little bit of a a secondary game that you have to keep track of how many models have yet to activate and how many cards are out of play how many cards you have in your hand so you're not keeping dreamer buried through the end of one turn and into another because then you're going to lose his activation. Yep, that was my issue with it. Like, do you have any tricks to, like, make it easier? Because my biggest problem was the accounting that I had to do at the beginning was throwing me off. One, um, you... I found it makes it easier if you can win a niche and make your opponent go first. So now you have... in In the crew I bring most of the time, you have nine models. So you're typically going to be activating after them mm-hmm. as in dreamer will be your last activation if uh especially if they use the pass token okay but it's just kind of like what a lot of podcasts say it's that repetition i had my first five eight games i had several times i had issues with that and now mm-hmm. that i'm into you know 20 plus games with him yep. and now it just becomes muscle memory okay so, so basically there is no tricks play it as often as possible so you get it down to to memory yes got it because like you you're right and by the way uh you were talking about both the jury and uh lady justice the new title when you were talking about guild they yes. they yeah they oh and the recruiter all three models screw you over if you're buried so <laughs> i understand why your predicament is like okay i have to watch out for models that attack me when i'm buried Models that do nasty things when I'm buried, and I have to keep them alive when I get out of being buried. And that can't be easy. So do you bring, well, you already said the list that you have, but is there anything in that list that you specifically have to keep them alive? Serena. Remember, she he can always unbury to Serena, and right. then she can heal him, and if he has conditions on him, she can remove him. Okay, so Serena is one of the last activations that you have. Yep. Yeah, that's something. And that will be, and that would be later in the game when you can activate the Dreamer Berries mid-turn right. as opposed to turn one where he's going to bury at the end of the turn. Okay, okay. And do you ever think about any of the other models, by the way, like Capellius or Lady Yume or Carver, God forbid? Not Carver. Um, I have taken Capellius. Okay. Um, he is fast as fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's also squishy but, as fuck. Um, yes, super squishy, yes. <laughs> I just find, for me, and I, I, I'm not saying Capelli's is a bad model, because I think he's a great model, but for yeah. me, the Widow Weaver Banner Snatch combo does everything I need it to do. 
Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, if, I, if I took Capellius out to uh, in place of a Insidious, I'm going to be down more stones, and then that's also one less lucid dreaming. True. Yeah, true, true. and something else that I found was good against Dreamer was I actually dropped Levy into it, into a pool, and I think a lot of the, well, one, the irreducible damage just really kind of tears through a lot of this crew, but two, Entropy and Unmade were two things that I just, it was auto-killing a couple of his models, like the Daydreams, if they just activated a lot of times, they would die. Um, just the, the plink damage on top of the Irreducible was tough for um, for Chris to kind of come back from. Well, so, also, too, don't they have the aura that prevents healing? So now Chompovitz yep. isn't regening. Serena can't heal him. Yep. Yeah. Yep, uh, you just have an abomination there. Yes. Uh, another thing to watch out for are plus flips. So that serene countenance yep. doesn't really matter if your opponent is bringing plus flips. Mm-hmm. So um, you got to watch out for that. I, I mean, the biggest thing I actually have to watch out for uh, is my own aggression. Is putting, <laughs> putting Dreamer I, in a I'm there with spot. you, Scott. Discipline, not my strongest thing. Yes. Yeah, putting, putting Dreamer in a bad spot is uh, – I have, have had him killed multiple times. And every time it's like, do I want to put him here? And I'm like, sure, let's put him here. And then, <laughs> then yeah. But I, I think that's a good point, though, Scott, that when you're playing games and getting your reps with a the crew, there is some times where I, if you're like me, I'm just like, you want to know what? This is kind of really hyper aggressive, but mm-hmm. let's let's see how far we can go with it. Let's see what the uh, <laughs> let's put our cards down and see where the uh, the chips fall, as they say, or whatever that. Which, gambling say that's usually the one scheme if i see it uh i will think about not taking dreamer you talking about assassinate assassinate yes really yes uh, i've got other masters i can play who can survive assassinate and can actually also do assassinate so okay okay i mean i guess i shouldn't be surprised we've been talking about a lot of scheming yeah, and I still always have that mentality because I I love going on a rampage with like Lord Chomps and Teddy Bear. <laughs> it's true. It's, That's all I do. Yeah, well, it's That's not all combo. I do, but like I love it. Yeah, especially with Trail of Gore, because like it's a surprise. It's like, oh, I removed that scheme marker that you dropped to try to kill me because of you know these schemes that you want death beds or blah 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 blah. I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna smash you in the face with it. A three, four, six, because of reasons. <laughs> he is a pretty flexible crew as far as just... It, you can really switch to a lot of different play styles in one game with this crew. Yes, yes. Widow Weaver is surprisingly uh, great at everything, if you think about it. She has Venomous Strike, which poison gets around a whole bunch of defenses. She has Terrorize, so she can move people off of points. And she has Careful Assembly, so she can summon things at the same time. And all of this with a low cost of eight flipping points why is she terrified 12 because <laughs> fuck because fuck him that's why because she's a spider in a dress and yeah. i have to say t- to the regret of all the neverborn players out there i in this crew i have never summoned a stitched with her okay i don't it's, know if that's a flex you're a puppet pup <laughs> no that's 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 uh that's loads of regret and uh me forgetting about it oh, like, okay. oh yeah she can do that can't she yeah, yeah. What was that? What was that, uh, Pete? Because you're a puppet fiend. Yes, 
I am a puppet fiend. Bro, it's so cool, though. Like, it, you just need a knight of mask and a random uh, scrap marker. Or just have something die near her. Or mm -hmm. just have something die near, within six, yes. Yeah, um, there's definitely a lot going on with this, uh, this keyword. But, Scott, for people that are thinking about Dreamer and specifically the title, what's your quick elevator pitch for why uh, people should play this keyword just to kind of sum it all up? Well... It's Nightmare with a Big Teddy. What else do you need to say? What else do you need? <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, if if you did not like the Dreamer because he was a summoner in turn one and you may not like summoners, Dreamer 2 is super fun. He's leaping around the board. He's doing everything that needs to be done. He's scoring your points. He's killing models. He's making them slow. And then he also frustrates your opponent because you get to touch his deck and there's nothing they can do about it. Whoa, whoa, You're making them discard whoa, cards. Easy. easy. Hey, uh, we we, we got to put in a, a PSA. We do not condone touching, touching your opponents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do, I do want to point out, yes, they are very aggressive. Yes, they have a lot of movement shenanigans. Don't try to tank with them. Just because they can heal doesn't mean that they can take eight damage to the chest. Because <laughs> a lot of people, true. yeah, a lot of people play them as if they were tanks because they can heal so much. And it's like, no, dude, you're supposed to be like layering off, like trying to like deflect the damage. That way, when they activate, they can start healing it back up. Don't tank with chompy bits. <laughs> and the the feed on fear looks really good, but when you look at most of your models that are going to be doing damage, they're, they they target defense. Yep. So they're not getting the feed on fear. What they'll get it from is if they're engaging something that, say, the dreamer uh, is attacking, or that dreamer is attacking and you're engaging it, or um, the twist reality from Serena, making sure it targets willpower when you're targeting a model that it's engaging because it does ignore friendly fire, so they can yep. heal off that. Yep, 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 yep. Chompy also has it. Say it's a slightly better, if I remember correctly. People should not forget about that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is a stat six where hers is a stat five. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Chomps, and he can use soul stone. So if he really wants to, he can on your heels. Unless Anna's sitting there. Yeah, sure. that is truly terrifying. Yes, that, that, that could win you the game. In the game. I was like, oh, I'm going to teleport over here. No, Anna's standing there. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, yeah. Anna is the best henchman in the game. Come on now. That is not even a contentious thing. I don't know why you both got shut up. Like, that I'm, is I'm, literally I'm just the thinking truth. if I can come up with something better and Resident I'm being quiet. I haven't come uh, up with anything. That's why I haven't said good anything. Luck. There's Resident trash. Trash deer. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, the people that say that with a straight face. They they have like one of the best minions in the game in the uh, Visser student, and they have yeah. the best henchman. In, in Anna, and then one of the best henchmen in Manos. Like, Manos is godlike, too. Good, yeah. Manos wins games. Either. I'm sorry? Valedictorian's not too shabby either. Yeah, she's not bad, but she's not in the top 10 best man henchmen. She is really good, but she's not in the top 10. Not in my opinion. No, it's it's definitely Nick's because he's a good boy. <laughs> uh. I could swear when I when I started this game that Nyx was referred to as a girl. I mean, sure. Oh, I mean, 
instead of delivering puppies, delivering, you know, rats. rats. Eating... That's exactly, that was the joke, yeah. <laughs> Bringing blighted to the family near you. That's yeah. right. Well, Scott, I definitely appreciate you coming on and, and talking about this new dreamer. I mean, it sounds like you sparked a little bit in Dixon there, at least. <laughs> well, well, hopefully. Somebody has to, like, you know, say the truth. No, I'm just not messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man. come back to Neverborn. It's the best. I really miss it. I'm not. I'm not gonna do, lie. But do you know I how want hard Chris it is to have Dixon a good game. To, yeah, I was gonna say. Do you know how hard it is for Dixon to not play Neverborn? Yeah. Yep. But I'm Chris is having a great enough. time. No, no, it is. it is. It's. I miss, dude. I miss Pandora so much. The other day, I had to play her, and you were yeah. like, "Yes, dude, seven one. I fucking. I love that game. Just so glorious. She is. She is." And Scott, something else that's exciting though is uh, I believe you and some some fellow uh, is it Michiganders and some mix of Ohio people have started a new podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, actually, the second episode just came out today. Uh, it's Breach Burnt podcast. Uh, it's three Michiganers, and then uh, they needed to uh, class up the joint, so they got a guy from Ohio. <laughs> so nice. yeah if you haven't uh seen it uh give it a listen um bunch we'll of guys it. just talking about uh Malifaux from michigan and ohio um we're on all the podcast publishers out there and uh yeah give us a listen and uh hopefully uh we'll expand uh our probably another episode or two will be coming out with a uh some battle reports from a tournament we had up in grand rapids michigan so uh yeah give us a listen uh, we'll more than happy to uh burn up that commute back and forth to work yeah and i was actually talking to zach about uh episode one because of course zach was talking to me he's like well you know it started off kind of weird but you know we found a good groove because it it evolved into a conversation and i was just like hey I, listen if you want something to make you feel better go back and listen to episode one of rage quit wire because it was definitely choppy starting off. So I definitely appreciate y'all starting it up because I can I can see where you guys are going with it and I think it'll be uh it'll be a good one. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to see the how it's gonna go. Uh I kinda James kinda reached out to uh people who were looking for maybe a Neverborn centric podcast and uh I was like, Yeah, I'm in on that. I'm all about my Neverborn and uh, we're gonna be doing some different stuff. Uh, we have some episodes coming out. We're going to be kind of how everyone talks about uh, teching in for, uh, you know, armor or whatever, kind of go through the uh, factions and what could or could not be a good tech piece for uh, different things you may be facing. So hopefully nice. that will uh, uh, get some interest. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't ever think in a healthy game that there's ever too many podcasts. So whenever one starts up, I'm like, yes, let's go. <laughs> I'm trying uh, not to be too swept up. Not gonna lie, I want to try Redeemer now. I want to see if I can get a game I, tomorrow. I also am Redeemer curious. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Well, I think we're gonna wrap it up there. Dixon, you got anything before we roll on up out? Uh, nope. I uh, would like to ask the community actually, who would you be interested in? What like what kind of keywords from Outcast specifically? Because I'm trying to see if I can. Uh, get a hold of uh, Axel to see if he wants to come over. He is the number one uh, outcast player in Basel, 
in the world. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he has a vast knowledge of every single keyword. So I would like to know from the community who, who would you be more interested in listening to for one of our next episodes? Yeah, that, that's definitely. And I think we're, we are probably due for an outcast because now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if we have done an outcast yet. We did. T- no, we did Tara. <laughs> exactly. We did the evil empire Tara. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I want we, I want people to choose Von Schill for you, but you know. Um, I'm actually so I've I've got a lot of games with Von Schill, so I'm pretty comfortable with Von Schill. Uh, I'm actually more interested in exploring some of the other stuff, like uh, okay. I've been playing. Like I told you, I've been enjoying Twin Blades, and I started using Kenshiro with that. And nice. it's been, it's been nice, been spicy. <laughs> yeah, I like that Kenshiro model. I think uh, it, it's it, better than I thought it would be with Vix. So I was pleasantly surprised. I do have one other thing to shout out. Hopefully, sure. this episode will be out in time. But uh, June eighteenth, we're having a tournament in Toledo, Ohio, at the Dragon's Roost. So uh, if you're interested, uh, he's been posted on a lot of the Facebook pages for US Faux Tour, Great Lakes Tournament. Great Lakes region, and uh, they're uh, on a weird place. So if you are interested in a tournament and you're in the Toledo area, it's a great place. Uh, it's a coffee shop slash gaming area. So we'd love to have some uh, new faces there. Yeah, and this will definitely be out before then. I usually get them kicked out pretty quick. Um, but I do will also mention that I'm excited because we do have the Memorial Day two-day tournament in Atlanta. So that's a two-day tournament on that uh, Saturday and Sunday in Atlanta. So that'll be a fun one. Hopefully, we can get at least uh, hopefully closer to twenty people for that one. So get excited! Excellent. Uh, more tournaments, the better. That's right. And then report them to the Faux Tour, so then you can qualify for the uh, the Masters at uh, at Nova. So. Oh, and the last thing I do want to say. And I think you guys have been using this as well, but using long shanks, I think, is better than using whatever the British version is. Uh, <laughs> so I definitely think is I think long shanks is good. I think people should give that more. Uh, use that to run your tournaments. Uh, it's just longshanks.org and you can sign up for free accounts and run your tournaments for free on there. So and it just seemed cleaner to me. I was going to say, like, I, I, I just love that long shanks has already the infrastructure for uh masters who's the leader who's the double master also does player rankings player rankings number of like remember how like we had the tableau of like a couple of people that had to show you the stats longshan already does that automatically yep like and it's so much easier if you want to use strength of schedule it also has it built in there so you don't have to try and calculate yourself you can just put it in as a tiebreaker yep and you can do um common opponents i forget what they call it specifically on there but basically you can list the first three opponent or three opponents that you play like frequently and that way when the to is doing the tournament you can use that in your kind of settings so that way people in the same meta won't play probably round one if you have preferred opponents like that yup like so it literally, whoever worked on on Longshanks, like put in like so many great, amazing features. Yep, and you can you can support it. They got a they got a little uh, PayPal link that you can subscribe, and it lets you look a little bit more at the detailed data information. And you support the guy. I think it's Sam that runs it. I think that's still who's running it. 
So definitely give that a check. And uh, yeah, that way we can look at all the results of the cool tournaments that are being run. So I think with that being said, though, we're going to go wrap it up and make sure that y'all are flipping cards, flipping tables, and we'll see y'all next time.